Well, good Saturday afternoon, everybody. It is Saturday, the 3rd of July, and my title today is First Church of Signs and Wonders. Those early days after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus must have been some really crazy times in which to be living. I mean, the disciples, having their hopes crushed as Jesus was slaughtered on the cross, to then having him show up again three days later, they went from the deepest depression to the utmost joy in a matter of three days. Next, well, they were waiting on what's next. All that had unfolded was completely shocking to them. Seeing Jesus crucified and grieving for two days, only to have him pop in for a visit just to help Thomas out with the demands he spoke before he would believe Christ rose from the dead? Well, Acts 1 picks up and tells us more of the story. And it tells us that for a period of 40 days, Jesus kept showing up and teaching them things about the kingdom of God. Also, he expressly told them to stay in Jerusalem for at least 40 days and wait for what the Father had promised, that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, whatever that meant. Now, if they had been paying attention to what Jesus had already told them, especially in John 14 and John 16, they would have realized that being baptized with the Spirit was going to happen and that He, the Holy Spirit, would then be in them and with them forever. Because that's what Jesus said. Then when the day of Pentecost rolled around, they were all gathered together in one place. And there were about 120 of them, we're told, in Acts 1.15. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent, rushing wind. They heard the sound, but we're not told that they felt the wind, which certainly would have seemed strange. And then they saw something really weird. Tongues of flames appeared and one came upon to rest on the head of every one of them. Now, two things are unique and miraculous in this event. Every one of them, all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak to one another in a different language because the Spirit was enabling them to do this. They didn't know that was going to happen. And I'm sure they were surprised. All of a sudden, I can speak a different language. But then the sound of the great wind was also heard by people outside of the house. And when the wind stopped, some of them heard these disciples of Jesus speaking in the visitor's native language. And listen, it wasn't just one or two, but if you carefully read the passage... Sixteen different languages were being heard coming out of the mouths of these uneducated fishermen and Galileans and a tax collector and their friends and family members. 
Someone suggested that, well, maybe they're drunk with wine. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but there are plenty of times when I was drunk in college and never did I start speaking in another language. However, what was really happening is not that they were speaking about things they did that didn't matter, no gibberish, but they were actually declaring the mighty deeds of God to these visitors in Jerusalem in their own native tongue. So when they suggested that they were filled with sweet wine, Peter had had enough. And this rough and tumble fisherman from Galilee found a new boldness coming from within him, and he opened his mouth to speak, something he'd done many times around Jesus, usually, however, leaving the taste of his foot in his mouth. But this time, he started preaching. Not too many opportunities for a fisherman to preach, but something was happening inside of him. He had just been filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was from the power of the Spirit that his newfound role was given to him, and preach he did. At the end of the sermon, 3,000 people were saved. You talk about a logistics nightmare, what did they do next? going from 120 people to 3,000 people in Jerusalem, that's, that's a big issue. In today's passage, however, we read what they did. We don't learn about a Motel 6 or anything like that, but we read far more important words that say, quote, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They even sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Listen. They were not worried about returning to their native lands. They stayed. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship because they were hungry. They didn't know this life that they now had being saved in Christ. There was no meetings in Fellowship Hall, but there was certainly fellowship that they were experiencing between one another. They were connected so much so that all of them stayed together and shared whatever they had with one another, even to the point of selling some of their stuff and giving whatever was needed to those who had less. Listen, my friends, this was not the first step of communism. No, it was compassion. It was caring for one another. It meant sacrificing from what they had to give to those who had not enough. But let's read on. See what else it says. Every day, and I emphasize, every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. 
They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. My friends, this wasn't just the giving of a handout. It was the giving of a hand up. It was just what they had seen Jesus do, becoming a servant, washing their feet, and dying for their sins. They were caring for one another every day in the temple courts and every day breaking bread with one another in their homes. And word got out that something incredible was happening at the First Church of Signs and Wonders. And this was so powerful an event and so completely different than anyone had ever seen before. But we read next, quote, And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. People realized something different was happening. And there was a place where people were caring for one another. And it was in the very first church. And there were also signs and wonders. You know, how different it is today with the church being so fractured over the centuries by theological schisms, each one staking out their own particular beliefs and keeping all the others who believe differently out of their church. I don't know about you, but I have a vision of there being a fellowship of believers around the world, being of one mind, ignoring our differences, and rejoicing over our common beliefs, our fellowship in Christ. Every day I sit in groups of men that are beginning to be united, where there is equality among men, where we know we're all broken men, and we all need Jesus, and we all need one another if we're going to be rescued from our sexual brokenness, then we involve ourselves in rescuing others. Did you know that these emails and podcasts that go out six days a week, they go out to over 2,600 people in 70 different nations? And that in our online support teams, there are about 200 men from 12 different nations meeting together and helping one another on a daily basis? We have become a fellowship of men needing help from the Holy Spirit and from one another. And I would absolutely love for you to sit in and join us in our recovery from our sexual sin. Just email me, doyle at me.com. And also, if you hadn't heard, I have posted 10 videos on YouTube called The Absolute Essentials for Recovery. And I give you a link in the email as well on where if you want to hear me, not live, but a, a recording, then I'm teaching some very important things about recovery. So listen, my friends, God bless you. I hope you have a great day in the Lord. And I pray that your life would be filled 
with the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of other believers. God bless you. Take care. And goodbye.